Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And this is 21 Questions with Ernest Cervantes from Burnt Bean Company in Seguin, Texas. Good morning, Ernest. Good to see you again. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me on my second episode of uh, 21 Questions. <laughs> we'll see uh, yeah. if no one's counting, so at least it's it works if it's less or more than 21 right. questions. But uh, I, number one, we have the last uh, episode that we did was February 15, 2021. How have these last two years, I know we'll cover them in some of the questions too, and it might be right. some overlap, but how have the last two years been for you? How do you feel? To be honest, it's been a blur. You know, I've, I've, I've worked in the restaurant industry all my life and I've opened a lot of corporate restaurants. And, but when you're running your own restaurant, it's a different animal. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's literally a blur. It's a blessing, but a blur. I've been running 100 miles per hour, but I haven't had a chance to take a step back and to really look at the overall picture of how the bird bean is doing and as well as appreciating things. And eventually I will. I got too many goals. And uh, right now it's uh, all gas, no brakes, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it seems it seems that's the way you've been. And it, that is hard for everyone in life to kind of take a step back and evaluate like the last year or two years or three years. And like you said, you've been going at it. And there's so many moving parts and so many things you have to deal with, I'm sure your brain never does completely shut off. Right. It, it runs, my brain runs 100 miles per hour. And that's the one thing, too, is that I work so many hours and, and, and long hours. And when I go to bed, I, I pray that I go to sleep. And I don't, because if I don't go to sleep or if I go to sleep for a little bit and I wake up just to turn, my mind t- kicks on. And then I'm thinking and thinking and thinking. And uh, two o'clock in the morning comes really quick. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those type of things. But yeah, I, I, I love, I love, I, I couldn't ask for anything better than my restaurant. I, I, I waited all my life for it. So it's, it's yeah. a blessing um, and I'm excited. What's most special, probably the number of things, but what's most special to you about Burnt Bean? The most special thing, no one's actually asked me that question, but to tell you the truth, the most special thing about the Burnt Bean is it's me. I'm telling you my story. I'm telling you, you know, my, my, my journey through the years of, of barbecuing and competition, as well as, as, as what, you know, your fantasized, what would be in your restaurant. And you always think about that before you open a restaurant. Okay. What am I going to do? What am I going to serve? And now people are understanding my story and understanding my, my, my passion, as well as what I wanted to show at the world of what the burn bee should be about, you know, where I always, Ever since I was a little kid, I've always been different. Uh, I've always, I was picked on a lot and bullied when I was little. It's because I was different. I think even my parents didn't get me. You know what I mean? It's one of those type of things. I wasn't I like a bad kid. I, I, I wasn't a bad kid, but I always, like, my, my growing up, my question was why? You know, my dad would be like, hey, uh, yeah, the reason why is this? And then he'd be like, why does it work? Or why does it do that? And I was always intrigued of why something worked or the process of it becoming, you know, simple things like why, how, how do you make cheese or how does the transmission work? And I was one of those curious guys. So some people, didn't crazy, get me. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> people didn't get me. So that's the same way I had my concept when I opened the bird bean as well as me being a chef was why does things happen? Why do we have to wrap briskets or why does, you know, at certain temperatures, do we pull it away? And, and why does this, you know, side dish work better here than this way? And I've always been like that. I've always went the other way. Everybody went this way and I was like that way. Well, and we're <clears> thankful <throat> you did. We're all thankful that you did. And, and yeah. you, you brought up something interesting because 
a lot of competition people and you had your route and we've in our last interview you kind of talked about how you kind of plotted this like this was something methodical that you did but right. how, how come a lot of barbecue guys in the competition world their restaurants or why do you think don't necessarily translate well be, like the competition world doesn't always translate well to a restaurant have you thought about that? I wonder why. Oh, oh yeah, it's a hundred. I, I know exactly the answer. The problem is, is when when you're comp you're competing with barbecue competitions, you're using a lot of phosphates and injections and these over the top sauces and all the 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 time consuming little things to make a perfect little bite. And people don't understand that people don't want that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, people just want good barbecue, and it doesn't have to have every bell and whistle and i think another reason too is all these guys and i'm at fault too all these guys were so used to using wagus and and uh you know uh a5s uh briskets that when it came down to a simple old school brisket they don't know how to cook it and they don't understand that there's no fat you might get you know we go through i don't know probably like close to 200 maybe 200 briskets a week and you might find two or three that are royal marble other than that you have to adapt and competition you're cooking one brisket and it's, know, for that, have, it's for that one bite and you're, you're cooking specifically right. for a judge's palate. I, 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 want, I want my guests to, to eat a pound. I don't want them to have a bite and say, oh, that's too rich. It's good, but it's too rich. Yeah, yeah. And I think the misconception of a lot of competition coaches, they're trying to bring that into their business plans when they open this restaurant and it backfires. That's why I tell people everything I learned, and I think I told you this too, everything I learned in competition barbecue was put in the closet. This is a different animal, you know, this is, this is a different animal. And that's why a lot of people don't respect what a lot of these barbecue guys are doing in the restaurant industry. It's, it's some fucking hard work and you have to know what you're doing. And, and the funny part is in competition, you screw up, you can put a lot of sauce on it and you'll be okay. Here you screw up, they'll tell you right then and there. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And, it's and with the competition, with competition, you have next week or two weeks or three weeks mm -hmm. to do it again, where you have to be consistent every time you're open to your customers and your customers that come back again or the, the ones who have read great things about you or whatever. Yeah, that's, I've always wondered because I know that there's a lot of great guys in competition, really great guys, who yeah, have so failed or haven't done well in, in the restaurant world because it's trying to get your head around. And you already had your restaurant ideas in your, yeah. in your head the whole time. The, the whole, the whole, and I told you this before, the whole yeah. plan was not to be a competition god or whatever you want to call them, or one of these epic guys. My plan was just to get my name out and market the brand and market the burn beat. So when I opened it, it kind of eased up on me getting noticed quicker. And all I had to do was produce a good product. The um, name was familiar, yeah. Right. Everybody's like, oh, I know Ernest from, I saw him on Pitmasters or I saw him on Shop. Let me mm -hmm. go. I just wanted you to, all I wanted was everybody to try it once. And then mm -hmm. if you liked it, then it'd come back. Yeah. And that's what it was all about. I know that we've talked a little bit about your pits. But can mm -hmm. you talk, because you have two mill scales, you have a Centex. I don't quite know what, mill scale, most people probably know what you're cooking on those. And we got an M&M now. I was going to say, and then you have an M&M. Yeah. Can you talk about your pit? Here was our deal. This is coming from Dave as well. We did not want to just stay, there, just like barbecue. There's there's so many great barbecue joints. Like, uh, you know, you have Leroy Lewis and you got the guys from Cadillac and you even got guys down in like Butters and, and all those cats and 2M. There's so many great barbecue joints, right? But everybody has their own personality. Same thing with pits. You know, there's so many great pit makers out there and uh, pit builders and everyone cooks different. And if you ever saw me in my whole competition days, 
I always cook on a different pit. Yeah. The reason why was I could stay with this one pit, let's just say a jambo, and be successful and it'd be okay, but it challenges you to figure it out on the next pit. And that's what the whole thing is. A syntax cooks different than a mill scale, and a mill scale cooks different than MM. And and you know, even my HB barrels and everything else. So I like the challenge, and so does Dave. I want to be, I hate the word pit master. Yeah. I think, I, I think I think I use a, it because it's it's familiar, but I hate I, and it. So I get, much. And yeah. I totally respect it. There's nothing wrong with using it. I always tell people the two the two physician titles that I've always worked hard for was one being called dad and the other one being called chef. Those are the ones I always worked hard for. But going back to that, I wanted to be that kind of guy. And, and Dave has too. We want to be that guy that you doesn't matter what we cook on. We're going to try to produce the best quality product. So it's like if we ever went and borrowed a pit or it doesn't matter what it is or a challenge, it's like bring it because we know how to cook on everything. The Syntex, yeah. what are you mostly cooking on that? What do you call that pit? What do you call, I've, I've um, asked even Mike, what, do you, what does he call it? I call it La Chinguna, which is like a female badass, but um, shit, you know, I, she's too sexy to have a name. She just, it's she sits there and she's, she's, she's just sexy. It's and uh, yeah, it's a work of art. The thing with her is that she cooks as good as she looks. You know what I mean? She's not a Clydesdale. She's more of a, a stallion. She's an Arabian horse and, and she does her work and she's a thoroughbred. All of them are thoroughbreds, but like my mill skills and my M&M, those are my Clydesdales. Those are the ones we fire up every single day. We load them up. They're out there in the farm working like a Clydesdale would or a working horse. My Syntex is that Ferrari that you want in, you know, in the garage, which she is garage kept. And uh, you bring her out, but when she does, she kicks ass. But that's what she is. Do you already have the M M&M? and M? Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know it came in. Yeah, we just got it this past week, man. It's it's, oh. it's pretty bitching, man. And and then they go, you know, they use that gold leaf. I always told Dave that in the front of the the, the burn bean where it has burn bean logos. I always wanted those old school paint like the bars, the old saloons with the with the gold I leaf, but that, we couldn't yeah. afford it, so we had to use vinyl. You know, eventually we might do that one day, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, cool. So, and so, what are you are you using that one? Is that a rotisserie? It's a rotisserie. I don't know which one it is. Uh, it's a big one. It holds a thousand pounds. Okay. We have a lot of plans for that. Right now, it's going to be primarily cooking all our turkeys, our barbacoa, uh, our ribs, everything but briskets. And the reason why is because we haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Uh, we'll eventually get there. Pork butts as well, pork steaks, um, chicken, all the stuff that we use all the time. And then, of course, for catering, that'll help alleviate. Uh, we were so busting out on the seams right now. The operations is that it sucks because we could do. We I told Dave every day when we sell out to say, man, we left a lot of meat on the bone. And what I mean that is we had to turn away a lot of customers yeah. that are still long. You know, the line's still a block long and we're starting to tell people where we're at and they're slowly leaving. The reason why is because we have two one thousands, but we used to have a five hundred in the back. And that's an East Texas smoker. But now we put that into a patio and we're growing. So we we had to make pull the trigger and Dave and Dave really wanted to go with the M&M. And I totally agree with them. And, and, and those guys from M&M are, are, are fantastic guys that just love their craft. And yeah. again, this goes back to these guys. They're, they're fabricators of, of art. They're artists. Mm -hmm. You see that like just as much as. If you have one of my dishes and, and the small little details that I put that you wouldn't pay attention, same thing with these guys. Like this rotisserie is just phenomenal. The work of art of mill scale and those guys, um, you know, it's just like Jesus, Matt and Caleb, you know, it's like, dude, 
Uh-huh. You know, and then you got you got Michael with his syntax and, and everyone has their style and everyone has their epic details. And 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 that's the same thing with these. Yeah. And that's what we like. But yeah, we're going to use uh, we're going to utilize now the all the 1000s to really full, uh, fill them up with, with briskets. And our plan is on, on the weekends to sell 50 plus briskets that's on Saturday awesome. and Sundays. Sundays, we can if we can if we can we can probably get away with a little bit more uh, because we have breakfast. Yeah. Because um, right now we're just getting slaughtered. You know, we're doing 40 plus right now on Sunday. And uh, by 1130, like yesterday, I think we did 40, oh, man, I think like 49 briskets or 50. Don't quote me on that. I, I got to That's a decent out. amount, though. If we're around yeah. Around. And, and we were down to 22 by 1115. <laughs> it's because breakfast kills yeah. us. And a lot of people have gotten smart that were open so early. So they, they buy their, their product as we have it available before they go for lunch. Eventually we'll be getting, we'll be rocking and rolling. And that'll be great for the holiday season coming up too. Oh um, yeah. We can put, not here yet, but it's, it'll be, yeah. yeah plans. And then, you know, our, our, our eventual goals, to, we have a couple of uh, gas stations that are good friends of ours that own a bunch of gas stations. They want us to do a lot of their chopped brisket for them. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. And then they put burnt bean out there and they have to get a chopped brisket sandwich, which is mailbox money as we call it definitely i wanted to ask because i've bugged david a number of times and he's not he's not front facing like you are can you tell us something about david or a couple things about david that we don't know david likes cars david likes a lot of cars he likes cars and trucks he loves his family he's a good family man loves his grandkids to death dave is that guy that him and i the reason why we get along so much is that we're total opposite he's the yin to my yang uh I'm the vinegar and he's the sugar. He's a hardworking guy. He, you know, he uh, born and not born and raised in uh, Seguin, but he has passion and I love his grit and I love his determination because it's hard to work with. I'll be honest with you. It's very hard. Ask Anthony too. Anthony's my GM. It's hard to work for me. And the reason why is because I reach out for perfection. My standards are very high. You know, sometimes you get a batch of briskets or that that are just wonky and you gotta adapt to it. And sometimes we talk about it and he he knows when I'm not happy with them and he knows when I'm very happy with them. And same thing with uh, the Sar Sausage program and everything else. It has to be the standard of mine and and that's what makes it so hard. But they see how much work I put into it and they put them just as much as work. So it's a it's a reputation and, and a respect that we have towards each other. And Dave and I have had that since we've met. It's one of those that it's a mutual respect. But Dave is very passionate. He's very quiet. But he's a man. Um, you remember back in the day, back in the old days, where a man's handshake is good as gold? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much Dave. He's a man of his word. And, and, and it is. Because in this industry, you have to only have, there's only a few people that you can trust. Mm-hmm. And I trust my wife. And I trust him. It was my life. And I think the feeling is mutual because uh, I do anything for him and I think he'd do anything for me. And and it's just one of those type of things that you have to have if you want to have a successful business. Yeah. There cannot be any doubt. Everything is transparent coming from financials to what we're doing. He's not, he, you know, it can't, it's not one of those things that I tell Dave, oh yeah, by the way, um, I went ahead and spend $70,000. You know, you can't do that. Everything we even, it's kind of funny because, you know, he might be like, hey, I'm going to go to the the Home Depot to go buy things. I'm like, you don't need to tell me that. You know what I mean? But I'm the same way. I'm, you know, hey, I, but he does, a, he, he's really good with his hands too. He, everything you see there, he fixes. That's his niche to it. I think barbecuing, uh, he fixes a lot of stuff. Me, I, I barbecue, but also I'm the, the creator of all the menus yeah. and I come up with all this stuff. So we all have our things. 
And I'm the same way. I'm like, hey, I'm going to Ace Mart because I got to go get this. This he's like, why are you telling me? But it's not. A, it's it's the respect that we have towards yeah. each other that goes a long ways. Is that we respect each other, and, and people don't understand this, but we've known each other for 11 years, and we worked with each other for 11. I was going to ask you that 11 years. I so, thought it was around there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I tell people, he built his resume before I even asked him to be my partner. I always tell people, if you want to work with me, you have to build your resume. And a lot of people that I work with in other restaurants, they want to come and work for me, but I saw your resume. And what I mean by your resume is your worth ethics, the way you you know applied yourself at the job. Did you call in? Did you work hard? Did you grind out? And if you didn't, I'm, you already wrote your resume. Don't even bother coming by because I'm not going to hire you. There's only eight of us. Yeah, can you eight talk of- a little bit about your team? Because I'd, I'd, I'd like to highlight them a little bit too. Okay, so my team consists of eight people. We have two that are, um, they come on the weekends and they're high school kids. But we have eight BMFs. Those eight have gone through the ringer. And what I mean by the ringer is my standards. And they upheld the standards. I've gone through at least a hundred and some employees. It's not that I'm strict or it's not that I'm like an asshole. But my standards are high. And unless you understand that and get it, then move on. And I don't pay. And it's kind of crazy, but I don't pay anybody. And no one's on my payroll for the first three weeks. I pay you labor. I, I pay you per day. If I don't like the way your attitude is, if you're a cancer, as I call it, that influence, you know what a cancer is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you bring awesome. this bad vibe and this attitude, and it's starting to rub off on everybody else, you're gone. And then sometimes they just don't get it. And then you find one in a in a diamond in a rough, or you yeah. find one really good, and you keep them. And when you keep them, you make them family. You pay them very well, and you make them excited. When I, I don't take credit for anything I do. So if you love the sides, I'm like, oh, thanks. I don't say that. I'm, yeah, I came up with the recipes, and yeah, they know my standards. But if Steph made the dang recipe, tell Steph. If Kayla made the the, the cakes you love, tell Kayla. If you love that customer service, talk to Chris. If you love this, talk to, I don't ever take it. And you know what, how good that makes them feel is that when we're on TV or we're getting a show. I'm like, this is the one that made it. They get all giddy because yeah. they're the ones that did it. And they're working hard. I'm not going to go and, I, yes, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, it was all me. And they're right behind me and they feel like they're not appreciated. I don't get credit to, I give credit where credit's due. And that's how it is. And that's how you treat family. And that's why I take care of these guys. Like you wouldn't believe. And, and that's why we're so strong. If I have eight, I always tell, um, well, this is another story, but I always tell David, there's three BMFs. If there's three bad motherfuckers, me, you, and Anthony, we can conquer the world. You understand what I mean? And the same thing with my team. I, we're like the 300. The guys were 300. I don't need 16. I just need eight bad ones. And, and these guys could do three or four of the people's jobs, and they executed right. And now we're, But we are looking for two, and we're if we get this other thing going, we're going to probably need a pit master. Yeah, just eight of us, dude. Eight of us. That's crazy. So it takes yeah. a lot to, so if someone is, is watching this or listening to this and is interested in working at Brook Mean, it takes a special person and you have to be able to give of yourself and work hard and not, you know, and not yeah, be you, calling out yeah, all the time because you have some random thing. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, we, we work as a family and we eat as a family. I brought a lot of my restaurant industry standards as I, I did as a chef as we, we create, you know, we make new dishes. We, we all have team huddles at the beginning of the meeting. I bring out new dishes, they try it, they understand it so they can describe it to the, the customers or our guests. And then at the end of the day, we, we sit down as a family, we have lunch together and we talk about the day. And if anybody had any animosity towards anybody, we hash it out right then and there. So when we're all good and we're all straight and we work the next day again. And we do that every single time we're here. It's because you have to have good energy. You have to have people Smart. excited to work because at the end of the day, 
we open those doors, we're not going to be slow. We're going to get our ass kicked. Yeah, every day, every single day. What is there something that we don't know about you? I like musicals. <laughs> you like musicals? That's cool. Yeah, I love musicals, but um, no, I'm a big bear. I'm a really nice guy. I'm a funny guy. I, I'm becoming. I was more of an extrovert all my life. I was Mr. Popular and loved to do all these things. But now, ever since I've opened my restaurant and I spend so much time by myself, my circle's gotten smaller. If you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I'm becoming more of an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. I think that happens uh, as we get older. Yeah, I, I, I've kind of like thinned the herd. My real friends and then friends that I know and then my people that are that are in my circle are very small. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe six maybe even five. I have a lot of good friends and there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't know. I guess, like you said, we're getting older. We don't want to deal with bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like being peaceful with my dogs and what that's kind of, it. What kind of dogs do you have? I have two Frenchies. They're right there. Bruno and Juanita. They're right now <laughs> chewing up a box while I'm on this interview. Oh, is, that the, is that where, okay, so yeah. that's over. Okay, cool. So if you hear a little, every so often something, it's the, it's your dog. Yeah, they're, they're being nosy over here. Look at them. <laughs> Let's see. Can you see them? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And they're being dogs. they're being dogs. Yeah, but they're being Frenchies. Frenchies are paid in the butt. But yeah, I wanted to talk about your first barbecue memory, but also I wanted to also talk about what Tootsie means to you because Tootsie's so important to all, all of us. And I and do you have any special memories with her? I do. You know, I, the, the thing about Tootsie that a lot of people, you know, yes, she's a queen of barbecue. Yes, uh, she has a heart of gold. But do you understand? she was doing shit before this shit was cool mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying she uh, and this is something and, and and i don't think no one knows this except my wife i without getting emotional i watched the chef's table with snows when they interviewed tootsie at least twice a week wow and i I've see wa- i've watched it like 10 times it's really- yeah no no i've watched it over 100 plus times <laughs> and the reason why i watch it it's because after you've watched it after 10 times, you see the small little details that she does. You see the small little things that she does when she's on the pit room. The way she talks about certain things, her life story. She's lived a hell of a life, man. Mm-hmm. And to be 80, what is she, 86 or 88 now? Something like that, yeah. I think 88, yeah. I think she just celebrated her birthday. To see what she's done in a lifetime is amazing. But what she did it when it wasn't cool. It was work. It was and a job. It was a job and it was working. She loved it. She had her own little barbecue joint and, and she served her pork steaks and everything for her husband. And when she talked about all that and people don't understand that that's my same philosophy. I look up to her in that part, not because of she, her popularity, not because of what she does. It's because she fucking works. Mm-hmm. People don't understand you have to work. And you know what? I'm going to do this and then I'm going to go during the rest of the week and I'm going to clean and hang out with kids at school and then come and get my ass kicked all weekend and then do it because at the end of the day you have to work a lot of people don't understand that a lot of the new generations want this notoriety and want all this stuff and want to be part of this really cool club which i don't understand it's not called but you gotta work yeah you gotta sacrifice and, and, and people know if you ask me hey what chef's words i will live by two words it's called sacrifice and discipline and tootsie if you see that show over and over and over you see her grind you see her work and we're seeing this right now and it was filmed when she was 80 imagine when she was in her 30s mm-hmm. imagine when she was in her 40s when she was at her peak of her she's a I, I love that because you don't see people working hard like that anymore and people you know they always say uh, what's the saying the harder i work the luckier i get and it's true 
you have to put the grain in. Sometimes I work and I work and I don't mind, but a lot of people want to work a, a year or two and then just you know delegate and, and then they want to know why they're not successful anymore yeah. or why it's kind of sticking down. You have to be there every day. And I told Dave, I said, just give me four years and I'll get you, I'll help you, I'll get you some replacements. I'm different than Dave. Dave, Dave wants a life and and I respect that. I don't want a life. I've waited 13 years for this and I want to be there every day and I want to see my guests come in and I want to serve them and I want to cook. Maybe when I'm in my 60s, that'd be a different story. But hell, if Tootsie can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I might not, get yeah. my I might not put in the 90 plus hours that I'm putting in now, but that's why I love Tootsie. She's an inspiration. I, she's that's part of my inspiration. She's not my inspiration because she's the queen of barbecue. She's my inspiration because she worked hard. Mm-hmm. She had good values. She was a mom. She was a loving wife. She did things that don't exist anymore. Being married and taking care of your family when her husband had a stroke. And she was the one that was responsible for bringing in home the income. She was the one right. that stepped up to bat. She didn't give up or do it like now. You know, she's the one that does. And I look at that because we grind every day. I grind for my family. That's why I work hard because I come home and I see them and I, I that's why I work hard. Yeah. You want a better life for them. But the same thing with her. She she's that's why I look up to her. And then when she comes to my she came to my restaurant and I was like, what? <laughs> Hello, artist. And I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. And you can't help. So she's so infectious with so, her love is that you can't help to want to hold her and hug her oh yeah because she's so infectious in that and it was funny because there was so many people that were like oh my god tootsies at the bird bean they want to take pictures i'm like i told everybody like let her eat these are these are customers and guests let her eat and then when she's done if she if you can come and approach her well she took a ton of pictures and i shit you not she got up from her chair and went outside in the line and started talking to everybody. Oh, what like, a sweet like, human! Like, yeah, I was like, everybody's like, "Oh my God, Tootsie's here!" <laughs> and they were like, "This is a double. This is the best year I've ever And I'm t- taking pictures with Tootsie, and she just made everybody's day just by her presence. Mm-hmm. If I could only get half of that in my lifetime in barbecue, oh yeah, and, and, and bring that joy to someone taking a picture with me, I'll be happy because that is. Just to see people's faces light up to see Tootsie. If I could get half of that in my career, I would be happy. Oh, that's a great story. I didn't. I didn't yeah. know she did that. That it was. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite thing to cook at Burt Bean? I like to work with lamb. Okay. I work with lamb, and people are like, "Well, I haven't seen it on your menu." If you know anything about me, I don't throw anything out there. I've been working on it for two years, whole lamb, and then certain parts of the lamb cuts. Hopefully within the next month, I'll be actually unveiling it. You're first to know this. If you know anything about me, just like my burger and the pork steak and everything, we just don't throw it out there and, and on a whim and say, okay, well, we'll see how it goes. No, it has to be executed right, and it has to have a certain profile that I'm looking for. Yeah, so we're working on lamb right now. We've done every other kind of protein there is. Yeah, yeah, it seems like, yeah. The, in your yeah. pork steaks, what, what differentiates your pork steak from other places or from like a snows or like well because uh they're first made in burn bean and they're gangster but no uh no our pork steaks <laughs> other are, than are, that are different you know our pork steaks are different they, they've got their personality again this has to go with why everybody goes this way i go that way and mm-hmm. the reason why is that when dave and i i don't even know how i came around but i told dave okay it honestly we came up with specials during the week it's because of our our, our, our usuals the guys from the courthouse about fourth houses they love their barbecue, but they wanted something different, but they didn't want to go anywhere else but support Burmese. So 
was like, let's do a pork steak. And he's like, yeah, it's a good idea, but not, let's not do the thin ones. Let's do the big God, gaudy two inch thick ones and serve it as a lunch special. And they're only 17 bucks. And it comes with two sides. It's even, it's cheaper than anything else on the yeah. menu. You can own it for three days, but it was, it was tailored for our locals. It wasn't tailored for our guests. So that's why it's cheaper because it's an in and out meal. And, and uh, we worked on that. We worked on it. And Dave and I came out with it. And we're really proud of it with the vinegar-based sauce that we put on it. And a lot of people like it. And they found something that he does to it that just puts some voodoo magic on it. And it's uh, it's it's like butter, man. It looks I'm not so going to tell you what we do because a lot of people are like, okay, you're grilling it. But it's still like really we're, – we're doing – a lot of crazy shit. It's it, we of course we always have to make it everything so complicated, but <laughs> of it's, course. It, it's a really good product that we output at the end of the day, and I'm very proud. And then we serve it with our China rice, which is really cool. Only on Thursdays. Okay, so that's only on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then also you, it's I've seen photos of two different burgers. Is that do you have two different? Do, uh, there's like yeah. oil, oil can. Yeah. Yeah, so we have our regular red red uh, red onion cheeseburger or red red cheeseburger, and that's Thursdays and Fridays. But only on Fridays you get the oil can. The oil can. The, well, the reason why is because we serve smoked prime rib on Fridays as our special. Well, I make a brisket demi glace. That's so what it that is. Dip, okay. That, and it looks like oil. Yeah. So I said, like, let's call it the oil can. And then, and the reason why was one day, you know, at the end of the shift where there's very small pickings. So I, I, you know, I always save a couple of, like, the, the team always likes to eat burgers on, on, on Friday. So I always save like 10 burgers. So we sold out of prime rib, but we had a little bit of the sauce left over. So I made a burger and I just dipped it in there and I was like, what is this? So I was like, so I was like, Dave, try this. And he's like, oh my God. I'm like, I know. So it just elevated the burger flavor. It didn't even taste like anything no one's ever done. So I would start selling it to my local customers. I have a lot of guinea pigs, as I call them. They're the ones that, that, that my locals, and I'm like, look, try this. And I usually give it to them for free. And I put the oil can, and he's like, what do I do with this? And I'm like, pour it on your burger. So I dip it, and they'll pour it on there and then eat it. And they do it. And they're like, oh, my God. So that's why you see the pictures. You it's can gorgeous. see it cascading. Yeah. And, and, it, and it brings it to another level. It's like a, a French dip burger on steroids. I don't know what else. But it, it just really, it's really good. And then is that always Fridays? Every Friday, yeah. Every Friday, okay. And then there's like a red something. The red onion cheeseburger? Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, red burger, red, yeah, right. Yeah, the red onion cheeseburger. That's our, that's our cheeseburger. Uh, it took me a year and a half to make, and that had a lot to do with my dad. My dad is a big burger snob, as I say. He doesn't critique them, you know, like that. But it doesn't matter where we're at. If we're at a nice restaurant or a diner or cafe, he's going to order a burger. So, he, you know, he always asks, hey, you going to ever make a burger? And I'm like, okay, uh, challenge accepted. But I, I, it couldn't just be a burger. Just going to, it had to be a burger to my dad's standards. So is that available on different days, or is that just just Thursdays and Fridays? Just Thursdays and Fridays. But then, do you get the ale can version of that, or is that a separate, diff, a different burger? No, it's the same. It's the same burger. It's the same burger. It's, it's the same burger, but the only difference is you put the demi glace on the oil can. What is the best business advice you can give someone? Okay, the best restaurant is start small because you can control it. Especially, and, and, and the other business advice I have to people is if you've never worked in the restaurant industry and you think your barbecue is good, if you're willing, I, I tell them this, I have a lot of people coming up and says, hey, look, I have a dream of opening a restaurant. I'm like, look, I get it. I don't want you to be, I'm not going to be a dream thief. But have you ever worked in the restaurant industry? And most of them say no. I said, I said, do you enjoy holidays? He's like, yes. I said, do you enjoy your weekends? Yes. Do you enjoy being with your family? Yes. 
Do you enjoy doing a lot of fun stuff? Because yes, we'll throw that shit out because you're not going to do it. Do you enjoy sleep? You're not going to get it. I said, do you enjoy um, not making money? Because sometimes puts you so much, you're not, you're not making anything. I said, you're not going to like it. I said, and get ready to do it every single day. And oh, on your days off, you're either going to the ACE March, you're going to fix things. You're going to go do a bunch of stuff because at the beginning you have no money and you got to do it on your own. So if you like doing all that because you love to barbecue and your product is good, can do it. That's great advice. I, 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 I tell people that, it, you know, you see, you you know, they see us and they're like, Ernest, I, I look up to you and I see your journey. I said, you've seen your, my journey of what I've explained, but you didn't see the little things of worrying about, is this right? You, you question yourself, you know, is this the right thing to do? Or you don't see, can you hear him back there? Turning yeah, around? they're going, he's going even crazier. Oh, he, he's going, he's going dog shit. He's, <laughs> you just see the, Bruno. Stop it. Like he just tore up a whole box. My wife's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's horrible. Look at the mess he just made. Uh, can, you, can you see it down there? No, I mean, no, no, I can, now I can see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, fun. I tell people that. And if you still want to do it, then uh, do it. And I tell people, this is another thing I tell people. When you doubt yourself in the middle of, of working and you're tired and you want to give up, if you want to give up, but you're doing so good, but you want to give up and you're frustrated, I said, tell yourself, how bad do you want it? Because at, yeah. at, at, at the end of every storm, there's a rainbow. Yeah. And well, it doesn't matter. You, you have to have a spouse that understands that too, because if you, you have, have a spouse or a person, a partner that doesn't understand that, it's not going to work because you're, you, you have to be able to do anything at any moment to make exactly. sure. Yeah. yeah. And, exactly. and if she's, and if she's, and if she's what she truly is and she truly loves you. She's not necessarily your spouse. She's your writing guy. And you know what? When you got to do something, she's right there with you, helping you out. Because when I started off, it was just me and my wife. And then Dave came around. And at the end of the day, the three BMFs, two, is my wife. My wife does all the stuff that no one sees. And people don't understand how valuable a woman. She doesn't have to do it. She doesn't have to sacrifice her weekends and her days off. Because she's a teacher. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. She doesn't have to do it. But she does it because, one, this is hers, too. This yeah. is really hers too, and two is because she loves you. It's one of those type of things. What's her favorite? Uh-huh. Does she have a favorite dish at Burt Bean or something? Oh yeah. Uh, so she likes one slice of fatty and one rib, and Baker Ranch taters. And then on the weekends, she likes her moyeja tacos. Advice wise, say someone was coming to order and coming for the first time, and now that a lot of people know about you, they, that's there's a lot of first timers. What would you recommend they get during the week? I advise you to get you know get this pork steak or. Get the, you know, the, the sausage, the brisket, the ribs, because obviously that's what we're known for. Mm-hmm. But if you've been here more than once, then you want to try some cool stuff. I tell people to get the pork chop on Sunday and Saturday. That's my favorite. Pork chop. That's the beef so rib. You know, not, not everything else is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. But I love me a pork chop and we make a damn good pork chop. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And what, and what it, so Sunday, your Sunday brunch, has it changed since it's kind of evolved, right? What, what, yeah. what can, what can people expect? basically from uh the sunday brunch or does it change every time is no man it changes every week and that's oh, what i love that fun is that brian and uh, andrew uh from tell two pits said it best he goes i like coming to this place because there's always some different shit here he goes it's not the same old stuff he goes you're always running something different and that's the chef in me is that's my day to spread my wings and and I always have the basic, ta- you know, the, the Royal Rancheros, the Casanovas, the, the Blue Octobers, and, uh, you know, our, our base tacos. But then I always throw out two new two new tacos every every Sunday okay. and a special. And that just, I get inspired by something and we roll them out. And if you're lucky, 
we'll have it just that day. But if it's a really good special, we'll run it for a couple of a couple of weeks. And if it's really, really good, we'll put it on the menu like the Blue October and the Wells Rancheros. Um, but yeah, I'm always I'm always innovating, always bringing fresh stuff to it, and um, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot good. of fun, and it looks like a nice like a not like church, but it's like church. It's like food church. It's like a hey man. I'm the Pope. You're coming to the cathedral <laughs> on Sunday, man. <laughs> that is true. What, ti- this, what time are sermon. folks lining up on Sunday? Uh, it depends. Like this week, they didn't show up till about six forty-five. Sometimes I get sometimes I get freaked out because I'm by myself and there's people out there sitting out there at five thirty in the morning. So yes. yeah. by by eight, by eight o'clock, by the time we open, it's down the block and, and it doesn't stop until we close the doors. What time would you recommend so that you can get brunch? Would you say get there by eight or latest? Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Okay. And then there's a little sweet spot between nine nine and nine forty nine thirty. After that, church gets out at 9.30, and the lines just, uh, they get big, and good luck. Can you tell me something more, or tell us something more about Seguin? Because we talked a little bit about Seguin, but can you talk about how special Seguin is for you? Seguin's awesome. I've always loved Seguin. I've worked here for 17 years before I even opened up a restaurant. It has that small-town feel, and that's what I loved about it. They've always opened their arms to me, and they've always accepted me as one of the chefs in the town. There was very few of us. I think there was three of us. They've always supported they supported me in my other restaurant. I mean, the other restaurant and uh, this one, they're just true blue. It's a blue collar town. Mm-hmm. It's a true, it's an industrial town. You have so many big factories in this town and uh, the people are just meat and potatoes. They want good. I think we have, I kid you not, I think we have like 45 Mexican restaurants in this town. What's it do? You, I was gonna. I was gonna say, what's your favorite non-barbecue restaurant? Again, is there? Do you have a couple favorite? Non- yeah, yeah. So I like uh, Noe's and Yoli's for Mexican food, and then Atan for Chinese food. And it's funny because Atan has the best Chinese food anywhere close than Austin and San Antonio. It's fucking good. It's better than anything in Bronco's. And then Johnny's. It, it, here's the funny part. There's a place called Johnny's Barbecue. Uh, Johnny's Barbecue doesn't really serve barbecue. They might have back in the day, but it's one of those. You know, those creaky old school doors that you walk into and you step back into the 60s and you hear that old James, uh, uh, George Jones playing in the corner. And How you doing, honey? You know, it's one of those. I love that. How, how are you doing? Ernest, how's working? You have nothing but like 70-year-old men, you know, 80-year-old uh, men, and they're just sitting there talking about the weather and how the ranch is, you know, and they talk, everything slows down there, and, but they make the best food. It's just like cafe style food from fried chicken to chicken fried steaks to mashed potatoes. Chili and cheese fries are probably the best I've ever had. Ah. Burgers are those, you know, those bowling alley burgers that you put in a paper sack and it's greasy, you know, it, and they have like a hundred times and then the pies. Oh, Oh my God, they have at least 15 pies every day. Ah. Scratch me. Is this a seven days a week kind of a place? Like a yeah, seven days a week, uh, lunch and dinner. I think I don't think breakfast, but I'm always there. They know I'm always there. I'm always there after work. I my dinner is at three o'clock, three to four, because I go to bed by seven. Yes, but it's so good. Just don't get the barbecue. They have barbecue there. It's not there. It's not with their notes. No, but get or, or at least in your mind. <laughs> yeah, and get everything else. And it's it's my favorite. And, and uh, Dave and I go there a lot. Dave eats there uh, all the time. He gets the steak fingers and their steak fingers, chicken fried steak fingers, but they use chicken like they bread oh, them. Themselves. That's a good idea. Yeah, so it's like really good. And the gravy's old school and it's lumpy. And the mashed potatoes are full of pepper and lumpy. And it's like this is real food, and it's and it's good. 
that's my the kind favorite. of place that's the kind of place you've been driving for three hours and you pull into some town and you're like this is just a gem that yeah. sounds and, that, okay. and and when you go in there and they don't know you they kind of look at you like who the hell are yeah, you where's he coming from this is because this is the, the funny part is that's one part that's so special to, to send i mean to seguin is that the people that don't want change and the people that just like how seguin was before it's blown up is one of those places and they don't want people to mess around with their secret this is their little honey hole where all the locals go and, and the old school locals and the ranchers and the farmers and that they appreciate things and they sit down and have a cold beer because they have long necks there and they give you a look like but now they know who you know when i went in there they're like but now they know who i am and they're like hey Ernest, come on in they're good now oh uh, that's well hopefully yeah. that place stays there that would be it great was, it was stay, I, and i and i know they're I know I told, and I'll say this too, is that I always tell Dave, I was like, you know, they're going to retire one day and I hope, I hate to see this place goes down. I would love to buy it and keep, and don't touch it. Just don't change it. it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. What's, so say so you had mentioned, cause I was going to ask you what your favorite album is, but also you mentioned musicals. What's your favorite musical? I like uh, things like Glee and Pitch Perfect, you know, those kind of things. I, when I was a little kid, I was in a lot of musicals like, you know, uh, Oliver, and oh. Oklahoma, but, you know, I was, it, was, it was cheesy, but that's all I did. Album-wise, um, right now I'm hearing a lot of the Black Pumas right now. Um, St. Paul and the Broken Bones, uh, been hearing that. Um, hearing a lot of, um, you know, Mana too. I change it up. If you ever go to the restaurant, we're always playing something cool. Right now we're playing on Fridays, which is my one of my favorite bands of all time. It's called Tito and the Tarantulas. Huh. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It sounds familiar, but I don't, no, I haven't. Basically, if you ever heard of a Quentin Tarantino soundtrack, all his music from Des even Robert Rodriguez's stuff like Desperado and Dust Till Dawn and Kill Bill and those things. A lot of Tito's actually Tito was in a lot of the movies too. He's the guy with the long hair. That's one of the bartenders. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's, look them up. They're really good. Tito and the Tarantulas. And uh, but I hear all kinds of music. I, sometimes Dave gets the only thing I'll tell you is something about Dave. Dave loves. We just finished watching Depeche Mode. And uh, the real, uh, actually, the no, last week was uh, the Cure, and um, oh, nice. Last week was the Cure. We watched the Pesh Mode, New Order, Journey, Toto. In the past month and a half, we're big. We love music. We love music. I love all the music. So we're always jamming. Except there's only between two in the morning till seven till it gets there. For five hours, I'm by myself. I love to hear trance music like DJ Tiesto and Armin Van Buren and all those cats. Dave hates it. David, he's like turn that shit off but i'm like i, I just it's like it's so he it's loves the he's an 80s guy he like oh we both like are. my yeah he's you're like you're from my generation we're all the same right? yeah yeah we're all and uh oh yeah one thing about dave that a lot of people don't know about the dude has a really cool collection of gt uh bikes like uh diamondbacks and gt oh, and mongoose and i'm not talking like he restores some of them but i'm not talking like a knockoff i'm talking the 1985 all original GT, and he'll show you pictures that probably cost like $14,000. You know, those are how, and he has them hanging on his house, like in his room. It's oh, so really? cool. Yeah, and he's working on one right now, and he gets, he's really passionate about, the guy loves cars too, and I should have said this before, he loves his, his, his GT bikes and BMX bikes, and he goes into debt of, like he goes and spends like $500 on these caliper brakes that were original on this one bike he's making that they don't make anymore, and he had to go and get it. And you can't buy the ones when there was pre pre eighty eight because I was made in Taiwan. You need to get them from this, which was made in some That's other awesome. country. Like, but he's so passionate about it. And I love it. 
you know, and uh, but yeah, he he collects really cool GT bikes and builds them too. I remember when like kids would come up and like these badass bikes, yeah. and you'd be like, yeah, yeah you, how, you remember, how did he end he, up with that? I have a yeah, you remember Rad? Do you remember the movie Rad? Uh huh. You know yeah. that was a cool movie. You know, yeah. uh, I used to watch that movie all the time. Yeah, Couldn't afford those bikes, but yeah, I had a Schwinn, and I think one of my friends had a Diamondback, and I was like, I gosh, because they're yeah. light and the frames were lighter. Fair enough. Yeah, they slowly got better and better. I want like wanted to finish this up because this has been a, a fantastic talk. What do you love about Texas? The difference between Texas and you won't know, you won't know this. I say the difference between us and everybody else outside of Texas, that means in the country or out of the country, is Texas takes a lot of pride in everything they do. And you don't know how good you have it until you go to a different country or a different state and you miss the simple things like barbecue, breakfast tacos. You know, um, the, the, the nice people are, and uh, I miss that. And, and, and it's funny because when I used to travel for my other job, I would miss simple things like tacos in the morning or a breakfast that didn't have to do with what I'm not used to eating. And, and, and that's what makes Texas so special is we take pride in everything. The people that make Texas is special, and especially our barbecue brothers and sisters, is you can't beat them. You just can't beat it. I'm born and raised in Texas, and I'm proud of being from Texas. The James Beard Award, being a finalist, how does that feel? I haven't gotten any sleep. I'll be honest with you, I haven't gotten any sleep. That's all I think about. And and I, I you know got to the point where I was getting I'm getting sick. I mean, you know what I mean by getting sick? I'm making myself sick, worrying and stressed. It's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. because you're doing it not just for your your restaurant, but I, it's not about the restaurant. It's about the barbecue brothers it's like we can just because we put things on butcher paper just because we put things on a paper plate does not mean we cannot hang with the best white linen and fine china restaurant in the country and we can produce a lot of good food but you have to see it the way we see it in our eyes Mm -hmm. and and we're just as good as them and we are i think we're just better than them because we're using ugly cuts of meats we're not using high-end meats that you can pay that these fancy restaurants are doing and and and, and that pressure is weighed in on me and i've been I, i've been getting sick and, and i had a really good friend told me this and he says ernie if you can honestly tell yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself did you leave it all out there did you give it 110 percent and you're okay with that and i'm like yes he goes then there's nothing else you can do and you can go to sleep at night knowing that and it's true because at the end of the day, just like as much as I was, we're trying to go for the best barbecue in Texas in the next three years, every day I give it 110%. Every day I give it my best. So I can't do anything else. And I, and I will be okay with that. Because if I was cutting up and I was missing work, just playing around, and we were slacking, and that one day I slacked, they came in and tried my food, I would never forgive myself. Definitely. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for always being so cordial and Find and I, I I appreciate our friendship and we haven't actually physically ever met. Have a great week. Have a great. Thank you.